Amen. Welcome to everyone tonight. I don't see any guests, but if you're a guest, we're glad to have you. And those of you joining us online, wherever you may be joining us from, we welcome you as a part of this service tonight as well. Praise God. If you could switch the iPad on, please. Give you my title. My title tonight is Confidence in the End. Confidence in the End. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is this verse here. Jeremiah 29 and 11, the scripture says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. I know this is total... Um, uh, what's the what's the word? Uh, poetic uh, license? What is um, whatever? I, I know this is taking some liberty. Every time, just about every time I read this verse, the way I kind of picture it is the Lord, kind of with a bit of an attitude, kind of saying, "I know what I think about you." kind of a, don't tell me what I think about you. I know what I think about you. That may not be it, but I just kind of picture it that way. I know the thoughts that I think about you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. An expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me when, he tells us when we're going to find him, when we search for him with all of our heart. I wonder how many times we don't find him and accuse him, but we didn't search for him with all of of our heart, kind of like when my wife tells myself or one of the kids to go look for something and we come back and say, we didn't find it. She walks to the spot where she said it was and in seconds lays her hand on it and she has it. And so oftentimes the statement is, look for it like your life depended on it. When you seek me with all of your heart, that's when you'll find me. I will... Be found of you, saith the Lord. And I will turn away your captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. I don't think he's saying there, you, I will be found of you uh, when you when you find me and the fact that he's lost. I think it's kind of more like a game of hide and seek. He's not lost. He knows exactly where he is. I just got to find him. The Message Bible, verse number 11. I love, I love this. And, and believe it or not, I like the Amplified better. So we're going to read that. I know you probably can't imagine I like something better than the Message. But I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. I, I believe I've got something from the Lord for some folks here tonight. If you will just open your heart, your spirit. 
I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. And I don't think he's talking about million dollar house with a Rolls Royce in the driveway. And I, I, I don't think that's the hope that he's talking about. The hope in the context of godly, biblical things. Plans to give you the future you hope, you hope for. And then the Living Bible says, I know the thoughts and plans I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil. To give you hope in your final outcome. To give you hope in your final outcome. I have thoughts and plans for welfare and peace to give you hope in your final outcome. Father, thank you for the privilege of being in your presence tonight. Thank you for this opportunity, God, to join together with believers, to be able first and foremost to exalt and lift up your name, the name that is above every name. God, I pray now that you would speak to our hearts tonight. I'm asking you, God, to minister in this place through your word. I pray, God, that you would let me be a channel, a conduit through which you can flow, that individuals tonight can hear what it is they need to hear from you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, let me just, let me just preface, let me just make a disclaimer. The disclaimer is that you are, to the best of your ability, which is not, never is, never will be perfect, but you are, to the best of your ability, attempting to live a life that is submitted to God. That's the disclaimer of everything I'm about to teach, communicate here tonight is that you are trying. Again, that doesn't mean you got it all perfect and you do it right all the time. But you are sincerely trying to live a life submitted to God, to His Word, to His Spirit, to His will for your life. Paul said, Paul, the Apostle Paul, not a new convert, not a, not a sinner that just showed up, Paul said, the things that I should do, I don't do. And the things I shouldn't do, I find myself doing. That's not an excuse for us, but it is an encouragement. If Paul, the Apostle Paul, had that struggle, who am I to think I'm going to get this all Right, all correct, all nailed down and figured out. So again, the, the, the disclaimer is you are trying 
to live a life submitted, committed, dedicated to God, His Word, His Spirit. If that's the case, then I believe what I'm here tonight to share with you is for you. (laughs) And I hope, I pray that you will open your heart and receive it because I believe there's some folks here tonight that you need to receive what it is the Holy Ghost has to say here tonight. Jameson Fawcett and Brown says this with regards to the thoughts that I think. Glancing at the Jews who had no thoughts of peace but only of evil or misfortune because they could not conceive how deliverance could come to them. The moral malady of man is twofold. And here's the part I want you to get. The moral malady of man is twofold. At one time, vain confidence. Then, what is disappointed, despair. So the Jews first laughed at God's threats, confident they should speedily return. Then, when cast down from the confidence, they sank in inconsolable despondency. So it is, I think, with us a lot of times. We swing between confidence and faith and expectation and despair. Thank thank three of you for being honest here tonight. The pendulum swings between confidence and faith And it's working, it's going to work out, and God, where are you? But I'm here tonight to tell you, I believe if somehow we could truly grasp what the Lord said through the prophet Jeremiah in the first verse we read tonight, that if I could truly believe That he has thoughts of peace and not of evil and that there is an expected end. God has an expected end for you and I. And based on what he said, it's a good end. If his thoughts are of peace and not of evil then the end that God has for us is a good end. The problem is today. The problem is the circumstances I'm facing today. The problem is the things that aren't working out today. I realize we still have them and they'll be here for a little while. I don't know how long, but we've got some object lessons from Sunday night and... Hopefully I don't bore you with object lessons here and there because I'm here again tonight with another object lesson. I've got thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. Now, this is not just a random picture. That is the box of a puzzle. That is... The expected end. That there is the expected end. This
is how you get there. The end is established. God has, if I will stay in the process, stay submitted, stay committed, God has an expected end. The problem is getting there oftentimes feels like chaos and confusion. And the problem is, I look at one circumstance. Oh, hallelujah. I look at one circumstance and I do not understand it. It makes no sense. I almost feel like I could do without it. I start to ask God, why do I need this peace? Oh, hallelujah. Why am I going through this circumstance? Why do I have to deal with this situation? And the problem is, it's not until more than one thing starts to fit together that what seems to have not much purpose or value, or I don't understand why does it have to be this way? Why do I have to go through what I'm going through? Why is God allowing this? Why is God not doing that? Because it is purposefully created and shaped to fill a gap in your life. What seems to have little or no purpose or value, when connected to other pieces, I now start to get perspective. I didn't understand it in the moment. I didn't like it in the moment. But now that more pieces have come together, I see that I needed that piece to fit together because it's all of those pieces that are going to get me to an expected end. There are people in this room tonight, some of you, I, I, I say this based on what I feel in my spirit, but I'm just going to be honest and hope you don't take this wrong. I don't have to feel it in my spirit to know in a room of people this size, there are people sitting in this room tonight that you are asking God why. And you don't like and you don't understand some things. And what you've got to do is you have got to trust there is an expected end. And my confidence is they're all coming together to form the expected end. Here, here's the other problem I think we face sometimes is it seems that God is putting some pieces together and then all of a sudden He goes to another part of the puzzle. 
Now, wait a minute, God. I, I saw some things starting to come into focus. I saw some things starting to make sense. And now you've just jumped and randomly picked up something else. There's a few, you, I know you can't see it real well, but, you know, I, I can look, so you can, you can see i got this pile of puzzle pieces. I, I can look, I can pick up some of them and they make no sense. I, I can pick this one up, and all on my own, I can interpret this one a little bit, because I know there's four corners. So i got a little bit of idea how that fits. I got a little bit of... In fact, God, I don't need your help on this one. I kind of got this one figured out. I can kind of see. The problem is, is when he pulls one of those ones out, that you can't figure it out. And and, And the other problem is, he doesn't usually show us the expected end as clearly as it's on the box. I'm sorry, I know y'all used to bishop the last couple of weeks and millennial kingdoms and ruling and reigning. I, I'm sorry, just, you're back to me. I, I, I'm here tonight because I believe some of you are, you, 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 you act, some of you really are on the verge of just about throwing in the towel. Because you're looking at random pieces that don't make sense. And again, asking God, why? The problem is, it's, it takes a lot. My, my wife and I were in a conversation last night, and she made the statement with regards to a situation we were discussing. It, won't, it probably won't be another 5 to 10, 15 years before... This person understands something in the context of the circumstance and situation. It won't be until they've lived some more life and been through some more experiences that now there is a peace. You see, it's a whole lot easier to tell you, Sister Spriggs, how all your pieces make sense. Well, God's got it all under control for you. I know what you're going through is tough, but He's got it. He's working it all out. Amazing how much we tell everybody else it applies to them, but we struggle with applying it to ourselves. God's got your stuff in control, but my stuff is just a bunch of randomness. I don't know about you, but God seems to work on the pieces of our lives like most of us work on a puzzle when we put a puzzle together. You work here for a little while, some things start to come together, then you jump over there. And then all of a sudden there's a couple of random pieces you find that happen to fit together, and so you put those pieces together, but then you... What I've got to be confident in is that there is an expected 
end that every piece is going to come together. How many of you tonight are dealing with some circumstances that you've been looking at going, listen, I know, I'll say this publicly, it's on video and whatever. I, 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 I completely respect, you've heard him say it, I've heard him say it. Bishop said that throughout Mother Wright's sickness, through my mother's sickness, he and her never one time asked God why. Never one time. I respect that. That's wonderful. I done failed that test a long time ago. And again, I say this with all respect and sincerity and whatever, but but here's what I take some confidence. The man, Christ Jesus, said, Why? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now you and I see the end. Well, God hadn't forsaken you. You were right in the middle of the process where you were supposed to be. It was all about what God was doing, what had to be done, right? Yeah, that's not a trick question. Yeah. But he says, my God, my God, why? Could it be because at that moment there was a peace? That just didn't seem to make any sense. Why do I have to deal with this peace? Why can't we ignore this piece? When I have, this is only a hundred piece puzzle. I didn't want to have to try to do this with a thousand pieces and get some pieces together for this. I just <laughs> want to make it kind of easy on myself. I'm tear this piece up before it's all said and done. In, in, in this, and I, again, I, I don't want to make a mess here. You, you can, you can, you can in, in, this, in this pile, how significant does this look in this pile? If I toss this to the side because it seems insignificant, I mean, I've still got 60 more pieces. It feels very unimportant and insignificant until I get a bunch of stuff together and what is the almost the first thing your eye is drawn to? The missing piece. There is a piece missing. I understand. Great, I just lost that piece in this pile, didn't I? Oh, it's over there, that's right. Senior moment, ha ha ha. God, why am I having to go through this? Oh, hallelujah. If you don't need this or want this, beat the snow. Go ahead. God, why? Why, God? Why, God? 
Why have you not changed this? Why have you not fixed this? Why am I having to go through this? Why won't you answer my prayer, God? Why won't you do what I'm asking you to do, God? Because while you're looking at one piece all by itself, it's unimportant, it's insignificant. But when it's put into the context of where it belongs, all of a sudden you realize, had I not had that peace, Teaching, preaching, whatever this is, the people sitting here tonight dealing with physical problems in your life. Prayed about it, believed God for it, trusted God for it, hasn't gone away. Could it be it is a part of the expected end? Some of you are dealing with financial challenges, and I'm not talking about the ones you caused yourself. Don't go accepting every credit card offer that you get in the mail, spending them all to the max, and then ask God, where are you in my finances? You kept him out of them from the beginning. Don't blame him now. I'm talking about circumstances beyond your control, situations that are not a result of your selfish, fleshly, carnal desires. God, how come? Why, God? I don't understand this. Well, there's an expected end. And that peace is going to fit its place at the right time. And you know what? Here's what I believe and what is also extremely encouraging and wonderful to me. There are things that are beyond our control. I don't, you, don't, you don't run down to the store and select cancer off the shelf. <laughs> you don't go down to the dealership and say, I'll take diabetes. How about a heart attack? <laughs> there, are, there are things that are completely out of your control. But you know what I think is also so wonderful? In the expected end, God knew to get you to the expected end, you were going to do some dumb things. You were going to make some bad decisions. You were going to mess some things up. You were going to fall flat on your face out of stubbornness and rebellion. You were just going to make a wreck of some things because you just wasn't going to listen to anybody because you knew what was best. God, in the expected end, incorporated the pieces that are a result of your poor choices. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know if I believe that, brother, right? Then you need to go take David and Solomon out of the Bible. You need to go take Abraham out of faith's hall of fame because he messed some things up pretty good. Thanks, Abraham. We appreciate it. Yet God, in the expected end, 
incorporated the pieces to the puzzle that were things out of my control that I could not do anything about, as well as the pieces that were my decisions. All working together to get me to an expected end. This is making sense to anybody? Anybody need this? Seriously, anybody need this? You need this, Brother Tim? I want you to take this and stick it somewhere. Every now and then, I want you to look at it. That there is a peace. Whatever the circumstances and situations are, God's got it all working to an expected end. It's all working to an expected end. The only problem is there's a few pieces that won't totally make sense because they're the last piece that's going to get put in the puzzle. Why, God? How come? How come it's got to go this way? How come I had to... Deal with that. Well, I got an expected end. And I got some things that don't make sense. But if you'll just trust that what I think about you is good. It's not evil. And everything I'm doing is to bring you to an expected end. I know what I think about you. I'm not, I'm, believe me, please, I'm not in any way. The, the outcome of the goal of tonight or the, the, the expectation is not that everything you go through, you just bless God. Not, no. That's not my point. But to get through it, you've got to have something to draw from. And when I'm starting to get overwhelmed by some circumstances that I just can't figure out and I don't understand... I've got to remind myself, I've got to be reminded that as random as the peace may seem or feel, it fits in an expected end. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus' name. I I know this is kind of about a Sunday morning level of complexity. But I also know it's got some application and relevancy to some folks sitting here tonight. I, I, I've used this as just, I guess, another way of the same analogy, but, but, but just to try to maybe catch somebody else in a little different direction. If, if you sit down and watch the recording of a ball game, that you know the end of the game. You know your team won. The only reason to sit and watch is to find out how it happened. My, my dad used to do it a lot more than, he, than I think he does now, but he used to, back in the old days, he'd have somebody bring him VHS recordings of ball games. Already knew the score, already knew the outcome. 
You sit down there and watch it. I, I'm just kind of like, they won. If they won, they won. I don't, whatever. The, the, the difference is when you sit and watch the game, when it's live, and you do not know the outcome, if you are a fan of a team that's playing, you get wrapped up in the game. Some of you don't understand this, but some of us do. You get yourself emotionally caught up in it. Because you don't know. If I sat down with you to watch a ball game, a recording of a ball game, and your team won, and you knew your team won, but you sat and watched it and were biting your nails and were sweating in the first quarter because they're losing and getting blown out, I would wonder what's wrong with you. Because the idea is sit back, relax, and see how it happened. You know the outcome. I I used it before. You probably don't remember, so I shouldn't tell you I used it before. I should just act like it's the first time. Joel was given, my brother Joel was given a DVD of the University of Maryland versus, I believe, Miami Hurricanes. 20 plus years ago, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, it is still the greatest comeback in a single college football game. They were, I don't remember how much they were down, they were getting absolutely blown out. What's kind of also neat, in one sense, about the story that brings a little bit of perspective to it. Brother Alan McGuckian was at the game. He was at the game there, live, when they were playing. But because Maryland was losing so bad, he left and missed the greatest comeback in the history of college football. When my brother was given the video and we sat down and watched it, nobody was wondering who wins. Nobody was worried about who loses. What's amazing is when it's, when it's live and you're losing and you don't know you're going to win, you say all kind of mean things to your team. How stupid was, how could you do, what, he was wide open. How did you not see that? How did you miss this? When you're watching what already happened and you know the outcome, you sit and go, wow, you did something that dumb and it didn't matter in the end. You messed up that bad here, but still won in the end. Oh, hallelujah. Is there anybody tonight that right now you're losing? But you got a little bit of an idea. God has an expected end. Maybe you haven't seen it as clearly as the horses and the cows and the tractor that's on the screen, but you've got a confidence. I may not know it all. I may have not gotten a clear picture of it, but there is an expected end. And if it's God's expected end, I am going to succeed. I am not going to fail. I got more pieces. If you want one, just raise your hand. I'll give it to you. Romans 8, 24. For we are... 
I may even give this to somebody that really needs it. You never know. I'll frame it for you. You can put it up on your wall. For we are saved by hope. Now, this is not about salvation. This is not about how to be saved. This isn't the plan of salvation here. We are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? I don't have to hope for what I see. I'm hoping for what I don't see. But if we hope for what we see not, then do we wait for it. If we hope for what we see not, then we we wait for it. I don't know who it was that messed up and put the patient's word in there, but they lost their mind. Except our problem is, and you know this, if you've been around here long enough, you know this, that word there, patience, is not we are hoping for what we don't see, and I'm laid back with my iced tea back in my, my, my recliner, and I'm just waiting for God to bring it. I got it a little bit later. I'll just throw it out there now. You are, most of you already know it. That word patience is endurance. Endurance. If I hope for what I don't see, I've got to endure to get it. I've, I've, I've been blessed to be on a couple of very enjoyable vacations. My, my, I don't, I don't know that I really have a bucket list. If I had a bucket list, one of the things that was on there was Alaska. That was on my bucket list. And I was very blessed and fortunate for my 40th birthday slash 20th wedding anniversary to make a trip, cruise to Alaska. I did not, Brother Whaley, endure that cruise. There was no endurance. Of course, some of you have been on a cruise, and like anything else, there really is nothing free, but that there was all the, the straw virgin, that is, strawberry daiquiris you wanted, all of the soft-serve ice cream. Not to mention the 24-hour buffet, you just... Our, our room had a, was an ocean view. It was, I didn't endure that. I was sad when it ended. Oh man, it's over. We got to go home. The word endurance never crossed my mind. The fact that you have to endure means there's something about it that's not enjoyable. So when he says we hope for what we don't see and we wait with endurance for it, that means there's going to be some struggling, there's going to be some challenges and difficulties that you've got to make it through to get it. Likewise, also, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know, 
And we know, we do not hope. We do not wish. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. The Amplified, for in this hope we were saved, but hope, the object of which is seen, is not hope. For the kids, you hope. I, I heard a guy. I, I don't understand this. If you're trying to, if you're letting your kids think there's a Santa Claus, that's between you and them. Hopefully, they're not here and they didn't hear me say what I just said. I don't understand. I've seen more and more, I've seen and heard more and more the last couple of years of Christians who are letting their kids and even helping their kids buy into the fact that Santa Claus is real. I, I don't. I don't understand that. At all. So if you are that way, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't understand that. But I, I heard a guy in the barber shop the other day, and 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 he, he was supposed to be coming in. Bef- the, the the barber he was expect was she was expecting him before the Christmas, and he said, "Well, I, I had to I had to go a couple of hours away and get a certain gift for my daughter because it wasn't on her list, and we took her to see Santa like two days before Christmas, and she asked Santa for it." And so we had to get it. Otherwise, she wouldn't believe. Okay. I'm not talking, this isn't, this isn't the hope as in, I hope I get such and such. Because the word hope, and I've got it in here, and I may read it, all of it in a moment, but that word hope, It's not wishing. It's not blowing the candles out and making a wish. That word hope is a confident expectation. For how can we hope for what we already see? I I hope the Maryland Terrapins win the NCAA National Championship in basketball. I hope that. There is not a bit of confident expectation. I don't see it happening, but I'm still going to hope. I hope. Sorry, I know I'm lose some of you on this. Pray through real quick because I may say something else you need to hear. I hope the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. I hope. I got to tell you, I'm not all that excited. I'll get excited when there's a couple seconds on the clock in the Super Bowl and it's pretty much a guarantee they're going to win because there's been too much disappointment the last 20 years. (laughs) What a fan you are, brother, right? That's not what this hope is. But if we hope for what is still unseen by us, we wait for it with patience. How about this? I don't whoever translated the Amplified, they, they had to take it and make it worse. If patience was enough, now composure. <laughs> I'm hoping God's going to intervene, and I am waiting. Not biting anybody's heads off, not yelling at my wife, I'm not screaming at my kids. I've, I got composure. So, so too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. 
For we do not know what to, what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Spirit Himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deeply for utterance. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. We are assured and know that God, being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan. They're fitting into a plan. For good to and for those who love God and are called according to His design and purpose. Can I ask you what? This is not a trick question. I, you know, I get one of those about once a year. Bishop gets them all the time. I get them about once a year. So this is not a trick question. How many of you here tonight believe you love God? Come on, see, I want your hand up. You believe you love God. What I want you to notice is there is no qualifier on that in this verse. It does not say that to those who love God at this level. Or those that love God at this level. It says those that love God. Is there anybody here that doesn't love God tonight? I don't think so. Could my love grow and deepen? I hope it does. But I love Him. I love Him. If I love Him, I have a promise. Simple as that. I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? Simple as that. If I love Him, I've got a guarantee. It's going to work. May not love him like I ought to love him. May struggle some today. I love my wife. I don't always feel driving, passionate, burning love for her. And I don't think she does for me either all the time. Because I do some stuff that challenges her love. But she loves me. And I love her. I love him. I may not have prayed today like I should have, but I love him. I may not have behaved today exactly the way I should have behaved, but I love God. And the promise is, if that's the case, everything is working in the plan, fitting into his plan for good, for good, somebody say, for good. To and for those who love God and are called according to His design and purpose. The Living Bible. We are saved by trusting. And trusting means looking forward to getting something we didn't yet have. For a man who already has something doesn't need to hope and trust that he will get it. But if we must keep trusting God for something that hasn't happened yet, it teaches us to wait patiently and confidently. And in the same way, by our faith, the Holy Spirit helps us with our daily problems and in our praying. For we don't even know what we should pray for now. 
how to pray as we should. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with such feeling that it cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows, of course, what the Spirit is saying as He pleads for us in harmony with God's own will. And we know that all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God and are fitting into His plans. I know that's probably enough, but permit me, if you will, the Message Bible. That is why waiting does not diminish, with, does not diminish us. Any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. I'm just reading. I'm just reading. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. Hmm. But the longer we wait, the larger we become. And the more joyful our expectancy. What would happen to all of us tonight if we could leave this place and somehow leave with a grip on that? That rather than the longer I wait, the more I despair. The longer I wait, the more I question, God, are you really going to do what you said you would do? God, is that promise you gave me really going to come to pass? I'm not so sure. It's really not looking like it. And things are really going the opposite of how it seemed, God. Are you, but rather we could wait more with joyful, with more joyful expectancy. Well, if it wasn't today. Brother Wright, you're just trying to psych us out. And try, I, I'm reading you what the Bible says. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired, and this is so awesome. This is so awesome. The moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside Helping us along. If we didn't, if we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every Detail, every detail, every detail, every detail, every detail, every detail. detail. Somebody needs, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be dumb here. Somebody needs to get that. Every detail. Every detail, every single detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. If, if I will let him, every detail, every detail, every detail is worked into something good. Every... I'm going to give you a couple of them. Everybody else got one. I'm going to give you a couple. 
We'll pass the hat. Here you go. Right. Every, every, every detail. Every detail. Every detail. Every detail. How did I get here? How did things happen to get me here? I'm not really sure. Don't like it. Don't understand it. Would have done it different. But the trust I can have is that every detail is worked into something good. Let me hurry up here. I'm trying to get you out of here before it starts to snow or whatever it does or does not do. It's about time for my annual Facebook post of frustration that we can't get precipitation and temperature synced up. We freeze to death and it's a blue clear sky and then we about drown from the rain. You should not have rain in January and February. It should all be snow. And if you don't like that, go live in Florida. It's Maryland. I know it's not... Minnesota or whatever else, but we do get some snow. We can get plenty of rain. Yeah, every detail. Every detail. <laughs> I'm preaching to you tonight. <laughs> Patience. Steadfastness. Constancy. Endurance. In endurance then do we with pace again again i think some of us struggle because we feel like we're supposed to just sit with a smile on our face there's a song clint clint brown some of you may have heard of clint brown the song says waiting on you patiently waiting on you i'm sorry i think that's probably totally out of context the goal is not for you and i to sit with smiles plastered on our face With our voices a few octaves higher than normal. Greeting everyone that passes by. While our world is falling apart, but I'm waiting on God. That is not. That is not. That, can I un- turn this off and unplug it? Where's the sound guy? I don't want to just pull the plug out and mess something up. Where's the power button? I know there's a power button. There it is. What are you doing? God's going to come through. God's going to come through. Have a nice day. No. What are you doing? I'm, I'm staying under. It's very tempting to put it down and walk away. And try to figure out how to solve it myself. Because I've seen a few pieces and kind of figure a few pieces out. But it's probably not time for the pieces I've figured out to come together. So in the meantime, my job is to stay under. Let me tell you something. If you've ever been in a gym seeing guys work out, they're not sitting there pumping the max amount of weight they can. That didn't look like I really wanted it to look. (laughs) There is straining. There's blood vessels popping out of 
necks and heads and sweat is pouring down because I am endure. I'm going to make it one more time. I'm going to push this one more time because the next time is going to take me someplace I haven't been before. And so while it's tempting to put it down and give up and walk away, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to endure because it's all going to work for my good. Infirmity. Listen to what that word infirmity. He knows our he knows our infirmities. I don't know why we try to fake God out. We do God the same way we do each other. Walk into church, we shake somebody's hand. Hey man, how you doing? Man, I'm doing great. How's everything going? Awesome. You just cussed your wife out in the car. Just had a business deal fall through. Kids are getting on your last nerve. I'm good, man. God's good. We do that. God shows up. Hey, how you doing? I'm great, God. (laughs) He knows our infirmity. What is your infirmity and my infirmity? Lack of strength. Weakness. It is used of the soul. A lack of strength and capacity that is requisite For what? To understand a thing. To do things great and glorious as a lack of human wisdom. To bear trials and troubles. He knows our lack of strength to do that. Listen, listen, I'm I'm, I'm trying to maybe skip some of this, but get, get this if you would. Adam Clark says this. Actually, I'll pass over that. That's not... Here we go. If you want the notes, read all that stuff I skipped. It's really good stuff. I didn't write it, so I can say that. He says this, the Spirit helps. Supposed to be helps and not helpers, so my apologies. The Word is very inadequately expressed by helpeth. It is compounded of the... Greek word son, which means together, anti, against, and lambanomai, to support or help, and signifies such assistance as is offered by any two persons to each other who mutually bear the same load or carry it between them. He who prays receives help from the Spirit of God. He who prays not receives no such help. Whatever our strength may be, we must put it forth, even while most implicitly depending on the strength of God Himself. I've used this numerous times the last several years. Some of you have been in places and I've used it. Forgive me for using it. Again, tonight in this context, it hit me a year or two ago now at least. I realize it's a poem. It's not Bible. It's not Scripture. It's a poem. But the poem of the footprints in the sand. And the thing that really started to grab my attention is that when there is the one set of footprints, the response is... God, where are you? When I needed you the most, 
you left me, there was one set of footprints. And as the poem goes, the response is, those aren't your footprints. The thing that has so chewed on my mind about that is, in the moment of greatest need, the writer of the poem asked God where he was, and yet God was carrying him. You abandon me in my need, and God responds and says, No, I was carrying you through your need. There are people sitting in this room right now, if you'd be honest and truthful with somebody besides just yourself, you have been wondering, God, where are you? And if you don't come and help me, I'm not going to make it. And God's responding to you going, uh, excuse me, I don't know how you think you're making it. The only reason you're making it is, I'm carrying you. I'm so glad I'm not God. Because if I was God and I was accused of that, it'd be like, drop the mic. You think you're by yourself? Let me just show you. Boom, I'm putting you down, not softly. They're going to call me in for child services for abuse. You think you're not being carried? You think I've abandoned you? Let me let you see what it is. Comes along and mutually bears the load. Oftentimes in such a way, I do not even understand. He's bearing the load. I think I've got it all by myself. Anybody, anybody relate? Anybody relate to that? Anybody relate to what I just said? Anybody? Anybody? You relate to what I just said? I know it's a stupid little puzzle piece, but I'll put it on your dresser. Stick it on the bathroom sink. I don't know where you are, God. I'm not gone anywhere. I'm just putting some pieces together. I'm just fitting some things together. You got some crazy pieces, don't you? I mean, it's been some crazy pieces. How in the world can the circumstances right now make any sense? Because there is an expected end. There's a bunch of really good stuff left in these notes from commentaries that I would happy to share. I think you would be blessed by. I'm going to I'm going to quit. I, I, it's it's only 8:38. Can we just just a few moments? Somebody needs the word to settle into I I really believe it. I really believe God has put this in my heart. I'm, I'm not here tonight killing time. I don't ever try to just kill time. But I genuinely believe I've come with something tonight as simple as it is that some of you need to grasp a hold of. 
Some of you need to leave this place tonight and make up your mind. When I get overwhelmed by my circumstances and the situations that I'm in, I'm going to remind myself there is an expected end. Even when a brand new piece to the puzzle pops up that looks so chaotic, how in the world can it fit? How in the world does this have anything to do? How in the world can it happen? May take time, may take a while. But somehow, it all fits to an expected end. I don't know when the puzzle gets completed, Brother Benner. I know you've wondered sometimes, you believe, but also wondered, is it ever going to get... I'm not here tonight, I can't tell you the when, but I can tell you the what. And the what is, there is an expected end that God has established and everything is working towards that end. Would you just bow your heads right where you are? Father, I'm asking you right now by the power of your Spirit. God, I'm not here tonight to try to just communicate a cute thought or idea. But God, a principle from your Word that would get into some hearts and lives tonight, God, that while our circumstances that we are in may not change at all, the situations we're facing and dealing with, the challenges that we are dealing with in our lives, they may not change, but somehow, God, if we could at least have the confident expectation that everything is a piece that's working towards the expected end that you have designed for us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Father, right now, by the power of your Spirit, I come against the adversary that is warring against so many minds with doubt and fear and unbelief. Doubt that it's ever really going to come to an expected end. Doubt that everything really is going to work together for the good I pray right now, God, that doubt and fear would be replaced with a confident expectation. God, that your Spirit would come alongside us and help us in our infirmity. Help us in our weakness. Help us in our struggle. Thank you, God, for being so kind to not look at our infirmities and, and, and judge us. And just, just tell us to, 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 to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and go on and suck it up and deal with it. But you come alongside because you recognize our infirmities and your spirit helps us. Help us tonight, Father. God, there's some people sitting in this room right now that are looking at some pieces to the puzzle that make no sense at all. That it's hard to see that somehow the peace can fit. But God, you work in every detail, every detail, every detail. You're working every detail out for the good, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.
I said it already. I think sometimes God does us just like we do a puzzle. I think sometimes God walks away from it for a little while and it just sits. And sometimes it feels like nothing is happening and nothing's coming together. I preached it to you a couple of Sunday nights ago. He which hath begun a good work. Not only do I have the promise that there is an expected end, not only do I have the promise that everything works together for good, I also have the promise that He who began the work will finish the work. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. That word author is spelled like the author of a book, but the Greek word there is the originator. So in the literal, what it's saying is He is the originator and the finisher. I preach, teach, whatever this is to some folks tonight. You know God some origi- originated some things in your life, but now the challenge is to believe that what God originated, God will finish. He won't leave it halfway. He won't leave it undone if I will just stay submitted to the process and trust. Father, help us tonight. God, I pray somehow by the work of Your Spirit this would be more than just another service and just another lesson, just another thought. But I'm asking You, God, that the seed of Your Word tonight would get down in every one of our hearts and lives, God, that it can produce in us. That we could learn, God, to wait with patience, endurance, composure. doesn't mean we don't question sometimes because we're humans and we're frail, we're weak. You know the frame we're made of. But then rather than it being days and weeks of questioning and wondering, Rather, it would just become moments and we could once again remind ourselves, I've got an expected end and everything is working for my good towards that end. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. If you would, could I ask, would you just stand and if you're willing, just raise your hands. And and I'm asking you to do it in the context of this. As an outward demonstration of I'm opening my heart, God. I'm opening my spirit. I'm opening my heart, my spirit to Your Word and Your Spirit. God, I want You to put in me what I need. I want You to put in me the confidence that I need to have hope. Not wishful thinking. Not just a wish like I'm dropping pennies in the wishing well. But a, a hope. A hope that is the anchor a hope that is the anchor that when winds blow and waves toss and the storm comes, I've got an anchor that holds, that keeps me through the storm. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, by the power of Your Spirit, help us. God, I pray that our hearts would be good ground tonight for the seed of Your Word that the enemy would not be able to come and devour before it has the opportunity to produce what you intend for it to do in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. I 
Again, I know it's a simple thing. If you really, if you didn't get one and you'd like a piece as a reminder, I'll leave them here on the platform. You can have one if you want one. God bless you. I don't know if the weather's doing anything outside. If it is, please be cautious on your way home. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday. In Jesus' name.